This is AgriPulse Daybreak for Thursday, January 31st. Good morning. I'm Jeff Kelly. Here's today's headlines. Optimism on Japan. Day two for U.S.-China talks. Farm economy worries. And could CRP be the fix? Lighthizer pledges better Japan deal than TPP. Plenty of pro-trade farm groups and lawmakers are still sore that the U.S. pulled out of the Trans-Pacific Partnership because Japan had pledged to drop tariffs on U.S. pork, wheat, beef, and dairy as a part of the Pacific Rim Pact. But the U.S. is now gearing up for bilateral trade negotiations with Japan. U.S. Trade Representative Bob Lighthizer is promising an even better deal than the U.S. would have had under TPP. House Agriculture Chairman Colin Peterson telling AgriPulse. Peterson said, I said we should have never gotten out of TPP, but Lighthizer's argument back to me is they're going to have a better deal with Japan. Peterson had dinner with Lighthizer on Monday. Well, it's day two of the China talks, just a few hours, the second day of high-level talks to try to bring an end to the U.S.-China trade war will start in the old executive office building next door to the White House. Lighthizer will be heading the team of U.S. officials that include Commerce Secretary Wilbur Ross and Treasury Secretary Steve Mnuchin. The American contingent will square off against Chinese Vice Premier Liu He's delegation that includes the head of China's Central Bank and Agriculture Vice Minister Han Jun. Arguing agriculture policy on the U.S. side will be USDA Undersecretary for Trade and Foreign Agriculture Affairs Ted McKinney, USTR Chief Ag Negotiator Greg Dowd, and USDA Trade Counsel John Hoffemeister. Now keep in mind, it's unclear exactly when those talks will wrap up. The last round of talks in Beijing were unexpectedly extended for a third day, but there's no guarantee that will happen again. On the ag side of the talks, topics will include issues such as China's ban on beef with hormone-treated cattle and the use of rectopamine in swine production, as well as China's three-year-old ban on U.S. poultry. Equipment companies want resolution to U.S.-China disputes. Equipment manufacturers are becoming increasingly nervous about ongoing trade wars as they contemplate the rest of 2019. The president of the Association of Equipment Manufacturers says Dennis Slater tells AgriPulse U.S. tariffs on imported steel and aluminum and the wide range of tariffs imposed by China on agriculture goods are creating more market uncertainty. AEM has urged the Trump administration to work out its trade differences with China, something officials from both countries have been working on this week. Sales of farm equipment increased substantially in 2018, partly because manufacturers were aggressive with incentives and trade-ins, according to Slater. Most sales were in the replacement market, and many involved more technologically advanced equipment that will save farmers money in the long run through precise application of fertilizer, for example. His bottom line, the continued lack of trade deal with China's hanging over the farm economy. Summing up his message to the administration, Slater said, don't just let this play out longer and longer. We need some solutions here. Peterson's failsafe, a bigger short-term CRP. The National Farmers Union is calling on Congress to do something to supplement farm income beyond the help that's in the new farm bill. Peterson says there's nothing that can be done for now, but he thinks Congress could act if the slump in the farm economy deepens. He doesn't want the Trump administration to do another round of market facilitation program payments. He thinks those ad hoc payments set a bad precedent. 
but he does have a potential solution that won't surprise people who followed his career. Take land out of production by sharply expanding the Conservation Reserve Program through shorter-term, five-year contracts rather than the current 10 years. The new farm bill raises the CRP cap from 24 to 27 million acres. Peterson told AgriPulse, that's the only way I can see out of this if it stays bad. Keep in mind, as unlikely as it sounds that Congress could reopen the farm bill to pour money into the farm economy, that's exactly what happened in the 1990s in the run-up to the 2000 presidential election. Still, the quickest fix this time is another MFP payment. USDA plans farm bill listing sessions. U.S. Department of Agriculture is gearing up to hold a series of listening sessions on implementation of the 2018 Farm Bill. The meetings are expected to kick off next month in D.C., but there will likely be others elsewhere around the country starting next month. That's the word from Matt Lohr, the new chief of the Natural Resources Conservation Service, who spoke with AgriPulse's Spencer Chase on the sidelines of the Cattle Industry Convention in New Orleans. Laura says working groups at USDA are going line by line through the bill to decide how programs need to be adjusted. NRCS stayed open during the five-week shutdown, but the Farm Service and Risk Management Agency were closed for all or nearly all of the shutdown period. Lawmakers look to curb Trump trade powers. Critics of President Trump's trade policy are making a new effort to curb his ability to impose tariffs on U.S. competitors. The Bicameral Congressional Trade Authority Act, which builds on an effort by now-retired Senator Bob Corker of Tennessee, would give Congress 60 days to review the president's proposed U.S. section of 232 tariffs and would require an up-or-down vote from both chambers. Now, keep in mind, Trump has his share of supporters. He's used them, trade tariffs, pretty effectively to get people to the negotiating table. That House Agriculture Committee top Republican Mike Conaway Speaking with AgriPulse. Appleton joining corn growers. AgriPulse has learned that Brooke Appleton will join the National Corn Growers Association as its vice president of government affairs. Appleton has served as chief of staff for Deputy Ag Secretary Steve Sensky since he joined USDA in October 2017. Prior to her time at USDA, Appleton worked as the director of public policy at the National Corn Growers Association after stints on Capitol Hill and the National Association of Wheat Growers. By the numbers on drought-tolerant corn and food safety. 22% of the corn planted in 2016 was bred to be drought-tolerant, up from just 2% in 2012. According to one of several reports that USDA economists have rolled out after the end of the government shutdown, most of that drought-tolerant corn was conventionally bred rather than genetically engineered. Some 3.2 million people who prepare meals at home consume raw milk, which the government considers highly risky. Only 14% of Americans use a thermometer when they are cooking meat and poultry. By the way, during the five-week shutdown, USDA's delaying release of the 2017 Ag Census, the new target date is April 11. Here's today's She Said It. Jennifer Houston, who will become the first woman to serve as president of the National Cattlemen's Beef Association in 15 years on Saturday in New Orleans. I think you'll see a lot more women in agriculture as a whole in leadership positions, and certainly in the beef industry in the coming years. It won't take 15 years before you see another woman in this position. 
Jan Lyons was the last woman president of NCBA in 2004-2005. Well, that is Daybreak for this Thursday, January 31st. AgriPulse Daybreak is brought to you by the United Soybean Board. For the latest news out of Washington, D.C., visit AgriPulse.com. For AgriPulse Daybreak, I'm Jeff Alley.